Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to have you here for Church Online. Even though we currently can't meet in person, I'm so encouraged that you are joining us each week online and I love that you are still inviting and sharing this experience with your friends. So wherever you're joining us from, thank you so much for being a part of our community. Last week, I had a blast chatting with so many of you during the live service, but I can't do that unless you let me know you are here. So here's the deal. We have a live prayer and chat room. We've got live hosts and lots of ways to connect. It's really easy to do. Just create a nickname and join the chat. Just like we greet each other when we gather together in person, let's do it here. It's just a few easy steps. Click on the button right here to my left to get started. If you're on your phone, turn it sideways so you can see the chat window. Got it? Great. Now, let's connect with each other today. If you're like me, worship is a time when I put the world on hold and quiet my mind, and I really start to focus on God. It can perhaps feel a little awkward to do at home if you're not used to it at first, but it's not. So follow my lead. Stand up, yeah, prop your tablet or your phone on the coffee table and stand and get ready to worship. I'd say turn the volume up and let's get ready for God to move on our hearts. You have the best seat in the house and you can sing as loud as you want. Now let's join in and engage as Pastor Desi and our amazing worship team lead us in a time of worship. All right, come on, put those hands together. Sing this out with us. I was lost with a broken heart. You picked me up, now I'm set apart. From the ash, I'm born again. Forever safe in the Savior's hand. You are more than my words can say. I'll follow you, Lord, for all my days. Fix my eyes, following your ways. Forever free.
I know. 
In case you missed the very beginning of the service, I want to welcome you once again to Church Online at Cape Christian. Thanks so much for joining us. If you need more than a quick chat or you're new to Cape Christian, there's a digital connect card that we would love for you to fill out. You can also fill it out if you need prayer or if you need information on any of our ministries. Click the link below to reach out and we are here for you. I want to take a minute and tell you a little bit about Easter. We are doing something that we are really excited about and that's innovative for Easter this year. It's going to be a whole weekend long experience. So what does that mean? Well, we're going to tell the Easter story in three parts over the entire weekend. These will all be shorter segments in themselves. And so part one will be on Friday, part two will be on Saturday, and part three will be on Sunday. Each part will tell a part of the Easter story. So you want to join us Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Each part will be shorter than normal, 20 to 25 minutes or so. Another thing that is important to know is that we will be celebrating communion together Friday night, so you wanna prepare for that. You have two options. Number one is get some juice and bread or crackers and have it ready at your home, or number two is you can come by the office this week between nine and four, Tuesday through Friday, and pick up communion elements for yourselves. This is the time that we receive our tithes and offerings. What does that mean? It means when we give back to God, that we show that we put trust in Him for our finances and our provision. We've made it really easy for you. All you have to do is click the link above or the banner below. And as we prepare to do that, I just wanna give you a, a brief update of how we're doing financially. We're passionate about being stewards of God's resources, and so we're watching our spending carefully. One of the things that we've prioritized is our rainy day reserve fund, and we are in a really great financial position to continue to do what we do and bless and take care of the people around us. We couldn't do it without you and your generosity. In other words, God has prepared us for a time like this. In fact, just this weekend, we were able to take 120 dozen Krispy Kreme donuts to our first responders, as well as our medical staff. Now that may not sound like a big deal to you, but it was a big deal to them as they're on the front lines fighting this thing every day. And so I just wanna say a huge thank you to all of you. There's so many things that have changed and we aren't gathering in person, but you continue to bless and amaze me with your faithful generosity to God and his church. And because of that, it's continuing to allow us to offer church online on many platforms, help families in our community and meet the obligations of our missions partners locally as well as globally. Right now, we may not know what the future holds, but we do know who holds our future. Am I right? And if you're looking for one less thing to worry about, Setting up Reoccurring Given is super easy with just a few clicks. That Give link at the top of the screen and the banner below allows you to do that. You can also use our app. 
One last thing I'm so excited to tell you is that our For Everyone campaign is off to a great start. In fact, because it's a generosity first campaign, we are building a church as we speak in Cuba. We're blessed to be a blessing to Pastor Miguel Lopez and his church in Cordero de Dios. We've already given $10,000 to put a finish to what they have so faithfully started. So even in this time, you're still advancing the kingdom and building churches and ministries around the world. One last thing I wanna mention is Right Now Media. When we partnered with Right Now Media, I don't know that we fully understood how valuable it would be at this time, but we think it's kind of amazing and we're really grateful for all the resources and opportunities it creates, especially during this time when we're all at home. It's quality Bible-based entertainment, but it's so much more than entertainment. Even if our small groups and friend groups can't meet face-to-face, -face, you can jump on Right Now Media, do a Bible study or a devotional, watch it, and then gather virtually together to discuss it. It's about the best thing out there. And oh yeah, did I mention that it's free? Just click on the banner to get Right Now Media for yourself, for your own devotional time, great shows for your family, or a whole new way to gather together as friends online. Have your screen time mean something with this great tool. Now, I'm so excited to share one of my friends with my church. Art Van Zanten has been a pastor in this area for 25 years and is a phenomenal communicator, leader, and has a way to make the Bible come alive in a very real and transparent way. In fact, Art ran a discipleship school similar to me and a long time ago, he was the type of leader that I emulated my leadership and my program around. And so it's a joy and an honor to call him a friend now. You're gonna be blessed and I believe challenged and encouraged with his message. And so I'm gonna turn it over to Art. And even though we're behind a screen, give it up for my friend, Art Van Zanten. Hello, I'm Art Van Zanten. Thank you, Pastor Corey, for the introduction, for the greeting. And uh, man, it is my great delight and honor to get to spend these next couple minutes with you. I love being a part of Cape Christian. You may not know this. Uh, frankly, I don't know how you would know this, but for the last several months, I've had the honor of being part of uh, the team here and helping with creating content and creativity and behind the scenes meetings. And uh, well, look at that, here I am, kind of unexpected. <laughs> that kind of goes with what we're talking about here today. This is week three of Unexpected. Man, I have no idea the craziness that's going on in your life right now, but I have a big idea of a lot of the craziness going on because it's the craziness going on in my life as well. You know what, there are certain boundaries to how much pain, uncertainty, and risk each of us is willing to tolerate in our lives. You know, I remember back uh, several years ago when I was younger, I grew up in the Midwest, and our youth group went to Six Flags. And at Six Flags, the discussion on the way to the, to the amusement park was, are you gonna go on the big roller coasters? Are you gonna go on the huge roller coasters? Or are you gonna go on the sissy little kid rides? And I remember on the way to Six Flags, just the anxiety building up in my, in my stomach and in the rest of me as I was like, I am terrified, terrified of going on any roller coaster. In fact, the ride from the parking lot into the park was kind of scary to me, really, really, really struggling. So anyway, when we were there, and saw all the roller coasters, I knew beyond a shadow of any doubt I wasn't getting on any of them, and I needed an excuse, but I was quick with that. Motion sickness, it's right there on the signs. Pregnancy wasn't an option. <laughs> Heart attacks, probably not an option at age 12, but motion sickness, that's me, diagnosis. So I used to cite that as my reason, and uh, you know what, it offered me some discomfort, <laughs> but it saved me the more greater discomfort of having to go on one of those blasted rides. But one of the trips that we took there, I was suddenly cured. Cured of my motion sickness. The thing that cured me was the pink half of the planet, the young ladies. You know what, because there's something really unattractive about a kid 
that sits on a park bench while everybody else goes on the rides. That cured me of my fear because sitting on a bench just isn't cool. Well, you know what? What we've got going on in our world today is a whole lot scarier than these roller coasters. But before we get into that, I wanna show you a little video of a dad who really took the reality of being in his house with his kid and the reality of a roller coaster and made it super, super real. But while you're watching this video in the next couple seconds, I wanna ask you to do something. Would you do me a favor and on the, on the comments, would you let us know the scariest roller coaster that you've ever rode on and watch this scary roller coaster that this daddy took his daughter on? Watch. <laughs> I love that dad. I love him making it fun for his kid. <laughs> There's something about being a dad that also is fun to kind of scare the crud out of your kid too. What a cool video, what a fun reality. But you know what, our reality today with COVID-19 continues to become a bigger and bigger roller coaster. You may have thought it was just a merry-go-round or you may have thought it was just no big deal, but the dips, the twists, the turns, and the speed, it seems to be gaining momentum by the moment. In fact, while we're standing in line waiting on this roller coaster, the screams from those on the ride are increasing and those watching are feeling the tension growing while we wait our turn to see how this roller coaster might affect us. I've got really good news for you today. <laughs> Jesus does roller coasters. He also does lines waiting to see how the roller coaster will affect us. While others seem to be freaking out, we have a choice of how we're going to allow the impending realities to affect us. But Jesus invites you, invites me to choose him. I don't know about you, I've prayed this prayer, Jesus, fix it! And it seems to only be getting faster and scarier. But the reality is, Jesus perhaps hasn't fixed it, but he constantly beckons, invites us to choose him. There's a great scripture in Psalm that I'd like to reference here today. The scripture in Psalm says this, it says, God is my refuge and strength, a very ever-present help in time of trouble. God is our refuge, a very present help in trouble. In fact, I'd like to invite you, I know this is cheesy, you're sitting around there, you're comfortable, you're all that. I wanna invite you to say the scripture with me. Say the scripture with me and make it personal. I want you to use the word my instead of our. I want you to say it with me. Here we go, I know it's gonna be awkward, but say it with me. Say, God is my refuge and my strength and my ever-present help in trouble. Let's do it one more time. God is, declare this, God is my refuge and my strength my ever-present help in time of trouble. I wanna to talk to you three things about that word presence. 
present. God absolutely is present. He's not only, he's present in the sense that he's not absent. He's also present in the sense that he's pre-sent. God is in yesterday, God is in tomorrow, and God is present in now. He's pre-sent. But then thirdly, he's also the present in the sense of a gift. A gift of his presence. A gift of him being a firm foundation. A gift of him being very present and evident and, and, and aware of everything that's going on and aware of exactly what you need and what I need to make it through the next step, to make it through today, to make it through next week because he's already there. In fact, I want to caution you. Let's not even worry about next week. Let's not worry about next month. Let's not worry about dates circled on the calendar by leaders. Let's live in the presence. Why? Because what's behind us was unexpected, but somehow we got to where we are right now. What's ahead of us is unexpected, but the one who is faithful back there will be faithful up there and is faithful right here because he said he's present. The Bible is full of people who encountered unexpected situations. The Bible is also filled with evidence of a God who has never been surprised. Our God has never been surprised and he never will. A few weeks ago, a dear friend of mine shared with me a truth that has helped me a lot with my present reality. And that truth is this, there is no crisis in heaven. There's no crisis in heaven. Wow, look at today's circumstances. Look at the fact that every day at 6.30 or whenever you watch the news, look for, man, what's the new news? What's the new news? Here's a concept, nothing has ever occurred to God. <laughs> nothing has ever occurred to our God because he's that, that good and that aware of what's going on. Today, I want us to take a couple moments and go to a story in Acts chapter 16. Now, you know the New Testament is made up of four different accounts of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then the fourth book of the New Testament is Acts. And let's go to Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, verse number 25 says this. It says, it says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Didn't have much of a choice. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. Man, isn't that relevant to today? All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword ready to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I gotta tell you a little bit about myself. I grew up in the church all of my life. Can't remember not being in church. Can't remember not being there anytime the doors were not open or that the doors were open. So the phrase, what must I do to be saved, in my context, in my worldview, in my reality means, what do I need to do to give my life to Jesus? That wasn't the reality of this jailer. When he asked the question, what must I do to be saved, what he was asking is a question that everybody on planet Earth is asking, and it's this, what do I need to do to not die? That's exactly what he's asking. 
People today are desperately asking this about their physical survival, their finances, their employment, and lots of other urgent areas of our lives. What do I gotta do to not die? The jailer was asking how he could possibly survive this unexpected and horrible situation. It may have been great news for others, but it was devastating news for him. There's two groups of people in this story that I'd like to highlight. There's the believers and what I like to call the pre-believers. The believers are Paul and Silas. Everybody else in the story are the pre-believers. Then there's also three time frames, segments in this story. Midnight, the shaking, and then the freedom. We're gonna take a couple minutes and break down this scripture, but let's start in midnight. Let's talk about midnight. Midnight, it says here in verse number 25, around midnight was when Paul and Silas were praying, singing their hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. What do you do at midnight? Can I confess to you? I don't see midnight very often. I'm kind of that guy that when Pat Sajak and Vanna are done, so am I. Not quite that early, but closer than I care to admit. In fact, further confession, I usually spend my New Year's Eve in the Midwest where I'm from, in Wisconsin, and I love the fact that they show the ball dropping in New York. Why? Because <laughs> that's at 11, that's why. I don't really do a whole lot of midnight, to be quite honest with you. But what we do at midnight, what we do in the darkness, what we do at those hours of despair is a great indicator of where our heart is and where our faith is. You know what they were doing? They were singing, they were worshiping. They probably didn't feel like it. I wanna invite you, when you don't feel like it, when the despair is coming, when the midnight is closing in, then the darkness and the despair, go against that with a song of praise, with a song of worship. I guarantee you, I shouldn't say guarantee, I think it's likely that they didn't feel like it. They probably inspired each other. I don't know about you, but I've been around other worshipers and I'm like, hey, that looks good on him. I need me some of that. They probably inspired each other to do that which is right. Are there people in your life right now that are inspiring you and are you inspiring others to focus on hope, focus on someone bigger than what's going on in our reality? And they probably weren't popular with their neighbors, their listening neighbors. You know what though? They were geographically, physically in prison. But while they were in prison, they were on purpose. While you are restricted from many things, is your focus on the restrictions or on the opportunities? We've been hearing that a lot here around Cape Christian. Are we focused on the opportunities? The restrictions are obvious and the restrictions are unprecedented. So are the opportunities. Are we in prison or are we on purpose? Now let's talk about the pre-believers. The pre-believers, the prisoners who are listening, like I mentioned earlier, they didn't have a choice. They were exposed, catch this, to an illogical hope. Seriously, the dudes next door are singing? The dudes next door are singing? Now, if the jailer took the keys and opened my, opened my door, then I might be singing. But those dudes are singing even when they're in jail. And by the way, Paul and Silas were in jail for helping. That's a whole other story. You could look back earlier in, in, in Acts 16. They were framed. They shouldn't have even been there. But the pre-believers had a totally different perspective than they ever would have considered previously because two men 
were willing to be in a situation they shouldn't have been in, a situation that they could have said is somebody else's fault. They could have been building a case and all of this about how wrong it was, but the reality is they were there and they made the best of it. They invited their awareness of the presence of God in a place that their circumstances could have squeezed that out. Let me tell you a truth. The presence of God is everywhere you go. Whether or not you're aware of it is your choice. So as the story continues, after we've got believers and pre-believers dealing with midnight, then the shaking happens. Verse 26 says this, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Suddenly the prison was shaken. Now the theology, or I shouldn't say theology, but the belief system, the culture in that day was that earthquakes happened as a result of the gods, small g, S at the end, the gods were angry. So they were probably shaken to their core of, oh my goodness, the gods have finally had enough. That was the pre-believers. They were probably shocked. The believers were probably shocked. They both had the exact same reaction because the shaking affected both of them. They probably had different ideas of why the shaking happened. It really doesn't matter. I mean, can we just take a moment? I know last week, Pastor Corey wore a white coat, but he told us he wasn't a doctor. The doctors don't fully understand what's going on. The nurses don't fully understand. The scientists don't fully understand. Our president doesn't, everybody's doing the best they can and kudos to them. All we know is we're shaking. And we really just wanna know how long the shaking is gonna last. The reality is that shaking affected all of them just like the shaking is affecting all of us. The shaking is real. The shaking is terrifying. The shaking is unexpected. But God is in it all to bring us to the third phase of the story, and that's freedom. Verses 27 through 30 say this. Verse 27, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. The story continues as Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. 29 says, the jailer called for the lights, ran to the dungeon, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And the story wraps up with then. He brought them out and said, what must I do? What must I do to be saved? The believers, the believers had a very different perspective of this reality and of this truth than what the pre-believers had. The pre-believers I should say the believers and the pre-believers both were absolutely shocked. Now notice that Paul and Silas worshiped, but there's no evidence of them even praying or asking for this. You know what that tells me? That tells me that God is good. It tells me that God is powerful, but it also tells me that God is not waiting for the exact perfect crafted prayer. God is going to do what he's going to do to reveal his glory and power how and when he wants to. Now the believers... The believers who had worshiped and moved the hand of God, capital G, God. The believers had freedom. Now the freedom could have led them to get out of Dodge. And who would have blamed them for that? However, they didn't spend their freedom for themselves. I find it spectacular. In fact, let me be a little bit more honest. I find it deeply challenging that when Paul and Silas were given freedom, they didn't spend their freedom for themselves. The fact that they were even aware of the jailer is mind-blowing to me. The fact that they even cared and stopped and weren't out of here, see ya, wouldn't wanna be ya, God got me out of this mess. That wasn't what they did. 
hey, Christian, could that be <laughs> the purpose that God has for us? That whatever freedom, ability, breath in our lungs that we have isn't just for us. God created us for himself and for others. Paul and Silas got that. They had their freedom, but they knew that God had given it for not just them, but for those around them. What brought life and freedom for them brought the exact opposite for the jailer. God's word says that the jailer assumed that he would die. In fact, he thought to himself, and it's clear in the scriptures, rather than them kill me, I'll just take my own life out. I'll just take my own self out. It brought catastrophe and certain death for him and certain death and catastrophe to his family. The jailer's gone. That obviously would have a profound, dark, horrible, irreversible effect on his family as well. No fault of his own, but he was toast. The believers did three things. They happen to all start with S, which is kind of clever, but I'm not really that clever. Let's move on. The believers, first of all, they stayed. They didn't run out and go get what God had given them. They stayed and didn't go take their miraculous freedom for themselves. Secondly, they shouted. They shouted to the jailer before he could ruin his own life, before he could take his own life. I said, stop, don't do that. In fact, right now I wanna ask you, who is it that the Holy Spirit would put on your heart even right now that you could shoot a text to and say, stop, I wanna make sure you're okay. How are you? How are you doing? Stop, don't despair, have hope. Have hope. There's a God who loves you. And evidence of God loving you is the fact that he put you on my mind and I just use my thumbs or whatever fingers you use <laughs> to text you. Stop. They shouted and recognized the despair and the need of another. I will tell you, the number one thing that helps me get out of my despair is thinking about somebody other than me. They reached out. And lastly, they saved him. They saved him. They stayed, they shouted, and they saved him from his certain despair and death. They saved him. It's spectacular that their focus was on anybody other than themselves. The end of this story brings a great harvest. From seeds that were sown by two men of God at midnight through shaking and the response to their freedom, their freedom that they could have just left and it would have been a great story, crescendo with the music, and everything would have been great. But it's not the end of the story. It's all the scripture we've read so far, but it's not quite the end of the story. Because as Paul Harvey used to say, there's the rest of the story. Acts 16, verse 31 says this. It says, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. There's revival about to happen. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then everyone in his household was immediately baptized. Man, something spectacular happened that night. Why? Because two dudes who were framed in a situation they shouldn't have been in had a focus on God in praise and a focus on others in the midst of their freedom. So where are you today? Where are you today? Because I'll tell you what, we're getting locked down and it feels like we're getting locked down all the more. The house that I used to long to be in all of the time, you know what? I'm good. I'd love to go to the mall. I'd love to leave. I'd love to have freedom. I'd love to be able to do all those things. It feels as if the walls are caving in. That's real. But what's also real is the fact that God has a purpose. I could either focus on the fact that it feels like a prison, or I could focus on the fact that God's sovereign, God's good, and he absolutely has a purpose 
for each one of us. Just the fact that you're even watching this service right now shows that you're reaching out for hope, and I applaud you for that. And the fact that you're watching this is encouraging other people that are watching as well. But what can the harvest be of your situation, of your unexpected situation, of how COVID-19 specifically relates to you? Every week, we've had these services. We've had lots of people. In fact, last week, almost 60 people that have said, you know what, I want to choose to walk with Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to choose to surrender my life to Him. Is that where you are today? If that's where you are, there's a link on the bottom of the screen. We'd love for you to click on that and just let us know and say, hey, that's me. I want to reach out. I want to trust Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Does that mean you have it all together? I sure hope not, because that's not what it means for me. It means the opposite. It means that we don't have it all together, and we recognize we have a Savior that knows us and loves us right where we are and is waiting for us to say, you know what, Jesus? I need you to be my help because I can't figure this out on my own. So if that's you, we'd like to invite you to go ahead and, and click on that. And if you don't click on that, I trust, that's because you already know Jesus. That's great. But that doesn't mean that you don't have midnight, that you don't have shaking, and that you don't need to be invited to spend your freedom in a way that doesn't focus on you, but focuses on him and focuses on others. So I wanna invite you to in the just next moment when I lead in a prayer, I wanna invite you to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me doing with my freedom? What's the purpose you have for me in the midst of this unexpected season? Jesus, you are my Lord, lead me. Would you please bow your hearts and heads and eye, close your eyes with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you're with us in the midst of difficulty. Lord, I thank you so much that your presence is in every living room, every bedroom, every car, every place, Lord, that this service right now is impacting people. You are there. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do what no man could ever do. Touch the hearts of people. Lord, touch the hearts of people. Invite us to trust you. Lord, those that have never trusted you or maybe at one point did, but they know they're doing their own thing. Lord, invite them back to say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe in what you did on the cross and dying for my sins. And Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. And Lord, the rest of us who have done that, but we're still going through midnight and shaking, Lord, show us our purpose. Show us our purpose, oh God. Lord, forgive me, forgive us for having our focus on ourselves. Lord, forgive us for having rotten attitudes. Forgive us, Lord Jesus, for having fear and despair and all those things just override in our lives. Forgive us. Invite us to a place of freedom and purpose. Lord, we spend our freedom for you and for others. We're not in prison, Lord. We choose to be on purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Gosh, what an incredible message. Thank you, Pastor Art, for reminding us in this time to focus on our purpose and not our prison. Now let's remember, in this time of isolation, you are not alone. To stay connected, it's as easy as going to capechristian.com and click the link to Everything Cape Christian Online. We've also posted our online schedule on Facebook as we are bringing content and connections to you every day. You'll find links to women's and men's Bible studies, Cape Kids Live, and our new student ministries show, as well as pastoral devotions and connecting live with myself and Pastor Cindy throughout the week. Now, the chat room is gonna remain open for a few minutes. So you can ask questions, continue to connect, and if you need live prayer, please click on the button above and you'll be connected with a host. Keep in touch with us on social media, through Facebook and Instagram. 
Have a blessed and peace-filled week, and I can't wait to see you next week.